The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. But did you know that not all eyes in the fort watch from the shadows? For that reason, I must warn you, listener discretion is advised. After a very long and very cold winter, spring had finally sprung in the fort. The sky was filled with pollen spit high into the air by early spring blooms. The crocus, some jasmine, and snowdrops, those tiny white and drooping flowers that dotted yards and ditches all across the fort. The pine trees looked mottled as the waxy needles of winter with their dark green, almost muddy-looking skin, gave birth to nearly neon sprigs and sprouts at the tips of each branch. The clouds still remained persistent guardians over all those in the fort, but their hues were less moody. The sun burning distant and weakly behind them cast a desaturated sprightliness to the world. Although spring had arrived, and the rain was not so unrelenting, and the world was slightly warmer and drier. The wind still brought with it a bone-chilling sting, and the fields, which would soon be filled with corn or grain or tall grass, were still trampled and muddy. In one such field, in the dead center of old man Alfie's farm, standing watch over dead land that would soon wake from its frozen slumber, was an old and weathered scarecrow. The farmer had fashioned him with care, and it was those careful stitches and stuffing that had carried the weathered scarecrow through many cold, wet winters and summers with their abusive heat. The makeshift man had remained crucified, impaled in those fields for years upon years, more than enough to have seen Mildred as a small child unencumbered by the judgment of others, unencumbered by the weight her mother's eccentricities placed on her shoulders. He'd remained a silent watcher long enough to see Mildred fall in love. That first night when she snuck out to the well with the charming young and affluent Mark LaPont. They had marched their way with naive purpose, taking a shortcut through Alfie's farm. That shortcut 
had intersected their path with the post from which the scarecrow watched them. His straw-filled heart, well, didn't exactly beat for the young couple, but it had shifted slightly in his hollow, deflated chest as he watched the two, completely enthralled with one another, go traipsing off into the warm evening's glow. Now the scarecrow, still impaled, standing guard over the mud of a spring farm field, watched as Mildred's son Tom and his friend James ran past, hurling handfuls of mud at each other and swinging sticks like expert fencing duelists on their way to find some mundane adventure for the evening. His stitch mouth, if it could, would have curled slyly at the edges as he watched not so far behind Tom and James, little Peggy LaPont, doing her best to stay concealed in the bent and broken stems of tall grass that had sprouted up in the fall in one last hurrah before winter had settled in. She slunk low, knees bent, head lifted only so high that she could peep the two boys with one eye through the foliage before ducking quickly to avoid any chance they might see her. The scarecrow stood motionless and jealous. If only he could wrench himself free. If only he could taste their freedom, their joy, and experience that joy of earth beating at the heels of his feet as he ran and jumped feeling the percussive jolt of life run through his body. If only he could feel it jostle his brain, feel it rattle against the inside of his head as he would fall and tumble covered in mud laughing high on the euphoria of youth. But the scarecrow had no heels with which to run on. He had no elbows or knees, he could not twist himself, arcing his back to pluck himself from the rod that propped him up and kept him watching. If the scarecrow had eyes, they would have been glassy, the distinct notion of tears hanging at the edges of his eyelids. They would have been happy, melancholic tears, born of the nostalgia he had for something he had never experienced, nor would he ever. But he was only a scarecrow, with a face stitched together with some coarse, thick, fibrous thread. His skin resembled some mottled leftover leather hide, although it would have been impossible to tell just by looking at the scarecrow what sort of animal hide that would have been. His mouth, as if by some cruel joke, had been carefully constructed from slow, sharp cut of a knife and tooled in place. The edges of the ragged leather flaps bent over and cured in place to form lips. A unique touch, one that made his visage look almost too human when the light hit him just right. The punchline of the cruel joke was the fact that Alfie, alone in his farmhouse, had taken the time to then stitch those lips together as if to keep his inanimate creation from speaking. The straw man's eyes were just holes, made black from the molding straw that filled them, but they could see just fine. And Peggy, bent in the grass, 
waiting for her brother and his new and mysterious red-headed friend to continue their journey so she too could follow in secret pursuit. Could feel those empty, molding eyes watching her. She had trespassed in Old Man Alfie's fields before. She'd skip through on summer days, picking wildflowers along the irrigation ditches between the farm plots and measured out acres. In the fall, she'd stolen apples from the apple trees that served as old, archaic property lines. Back when the fort had started to grow and farmland began to be swallowed up by eager would-be farmers. Peggy had run as fleshy red apples jostled in the loose cradle of her arms, oftentimes spilling on the ground behind her, a trail of apples that marked her way home. She'd seen the scarecrow, straw protruding, spilling from its tightly packed limbs many, many times before. She'd even stopped to fix the uneven buttons on his shirt unbuttoning them to reveal the leathery pillow-like torso, before then buttoning his shirt back up, matching each button to the right holes. Never once had she felt watched, but she did in that moment. Kneeling behind an errant island of dead grass, she felt seen by the scarecrow. She felt examined. She watched his lips, too real and too fleshy to be those of a scarecrow. She watched them for any sign of life. From where she sat crouched, she squinted and tried to see the pupils of eyes hidden behind the ragged leathery holes where eyes would have been, but she could see none. Peggy, all alone, shrugged her shoulders as if to say to the straw man that she didn't believe he was watching her. If not to convince him, then why would she shrug her shoulders? There was no one else around for her to try and convince of her nonchalant bravery. No one except that leather-faced hollow man and herself. Something stirred in Peggy whisper that tickled the bridge of her nose, a nerve plucked by instinct. The residue of a time in the evolution of people where they perceived those things which were not completely natural. That scarecrow, he was watching her. She could feel its gaze on her. It was in the same way that she could feel eyes burning holes in the back of her head when someone glared at her from across the room. The same way the weight and tension in the air changed and grew stagnant when words were left unspoken. She'd felt that between her parents many times before. The scarecrow was watching her, and if Peggy wasn't completely losing her mind, <laughs> Peggy nearly yelped. The sound of crows scavenging and screaming for one another had nearly stopped her heart from beating. 
She looked back at the makeshift thing that resembled a man stuffed with straw strung up on his pole in the middle of the muddy field. She tried for a moment to find that thin connection, but it was gone. There were no eyes peering at her after all. Tom and James laughed, hooting and hollering before running off into the distance, continuing their adventure once more. Peggy shook her shoulders, letting the last of that unsettling feeling of being watched fall from her. She stood up and stretched her legs briefly as the boys ran out of sight before continuing after them. But just as Peggy had felt perturbed and unsettled, seeing the dark pits in his leather face following her and watching her setting a look of dread and unwanted surprise across her face. So too did the scarecrow, feeling equally as unsettled that she had seen him as well. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers if you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on facebook and instagram and on twitter at the town whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts for more information on the show please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com i got the ghost of you inside of He's already dead.